back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. And guys, it's game week again as UAB welcomes in the first place USF Bulls into Protective Stadium this Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We certainly hope that everybody listening can make it out to Protective Stadium. Weather looks good. Uh, but, of course, if you cannot, the game will be nationally televised on ESPN2. So that is multiple weeks in a row that UAB will have national exposure. And also, it's Children's Harbor Week. So this is the seventh uh, year since the return that they've done the Children's Harbor annual tradition. Uh, it's actually been a, its eighth year, but seventh season actually playing in the uniform so great to see Trent Dilfer you know extending this uh Children's Harbor game uh after Bill Clark but before we get into previewing this matchup with the first place Southwater Bulls and our UAB Blazers uh we do want to give a a shout out to the Patreon if you are not subscribed to the Blazer Victory Podcast Patreon go to patreon.com slash blazerpod For as little as $5 a month, you get access to all exclusive content on that Patreon. And right now we have 32 exclusive episodes, including our after review film review episode where we broke down the two lane game film after rewatching it. And this is, you know, where Darian especially shines and, you know, kind of grading and breaking down that offensive line performance against Tulane. So if you are not a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com slash blazer pod and go ahead and subscribe and also hey if you if you want to pay for, uh, get get a discount you can pay for an annual subscription and save 10 percent off so definitely uh check that out but darren great job as usual especially breaking down that offensive line performance uh this week in tulane you know jimmy and i both learned a lot just hearing you talk and i know our listeners uh you know, lo- loved hearing it and they, you know, continue to learn from you. So we appreciate you doing that for us. But again, listeners, if you are not subscribed, it's well worth $5 to go ahead and subscribe. Definitely appreciate it, bro. We try to we try to do our best. I feel like we all bring something to the Patreon feed that I think is re- I think is a really, really good value. It's $5, right? It's $5. Most meals you get you go to Subway right now, and you're guaranteed to pay over five dollars. So, um, I think the value is there. Um, I think the effort and time that we put into doing this is there. I think it's worth it. Um, I think it's. I think the value is over five dollars. Is worth it. So, we definitely, definitely appreciate you guys' support. We want to just give you something that you'll be able to continue to support and be proud of. So, thank you guys again. Definitely. And right now, as of recording this free show, we are at 104 Patreon subscribers. So thank you guys so much for helping us get over 100 Patreon subscribers. But next goal is 200. So help us spread the word, share a friend, you know, share with a Blazer friend or two. And let's get this thing up to 200. And like Jimmy said the last episode, let's get this to be the best Patreon in the AAC. So. Hey, we know we're already the best Patreon in the AAC. I'm just saying, let's, let's go. Get the highest. Let's just get the most number of uh, patrons. And let's. Hey, um, another thing is like on the business side, when we when we're able to present numbers like this, um, you see that John was able to put together such a wonderful event that we had at Cahaba Brewing. Shout out to them. But I think 
businesses are able to look at numbers and they they want to do more business with us they say if we're able to galvanize a group and we can present numbers saying hey we have these amount of people that paid us to listen to this so a lot you know most of the times they'll come out they will come out to your business establishment and support the blazers in that in that way so if we have these numbers we can present it to more businesses and we can do more things um you know involving the blazers so it's, it's very important on the business side. So we appreciate you guys. We had a great, great, great show. Uh, show. Everybody came out to Cahaba Brewing. And I did not expect that many people, John and no. Jimmy. Like, it, it was it was great. I came in. We had a couple beers flowing. And it was just, it was really wonderful. And I, I really want to double that number next time. Hey, they had they had it blocked off a corner over in uh, Cahaba <laughs> Brewing. We ended up taking over the whole dang, you know, floor. If you guys weren't there, uh, you know, whether you were at the game at Tulane or you couldn't make it out, it was a tremendous turnout. And to Darian's point, this is just the beginning. You've got 104 people that are paying for premium content. You've got close to 100 people that came out to support UAB and to support Blazer Victory, you know, in our first live watch party. This is just unreal. So we just appreciate y'all so much and we can't wait to keep it going. Definitely. And I'm so glad you guys brought this up uh, with the watch party. We, we were blown away again, you know, by all of you guys, listeners that showed out in Blazer Nation that showed out to that watch party this past Saturday. You, like Jimmy said, we were only going to have a corner of uh, the tap room, but we ended up taking over the full tap room we ended up having to force a clemson watch party outside <laughs> because of the uab fans taking over let's go podcast listeners let's taking go. Over our territory so, yes so they had to go outside to watch that clemson syracuse game while we watched uab <laughs> Tulane, showed them what was up so <laughs> so definitely yeah it, you guys showed out and we really did have over 100 people so it was uh, we were blown away very blessed and like darian said next time we do this thing let's let's go for 200 and you know, definitely, and hopefully, get a dub next time we do the uh, do a watch party. So, definitely uh, be on the lookout for doing that again in the near future. Um, and hey, in basketball season two, so we'll 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 try to uh, you know work with Cahaba again to see if we can get something else um, later on. But guys, we've got a game this week. Is the South Florida Bulls come in first place in the American Athletic Conference at two and zero? Come into Protective Stadium this Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. Is our you know UAB's 0-1 in AAC play after falling to Tulane 35 to 23 this past Saturday. But very winnable game. In fact, Vegas odds when they first opened the Vegas line, UAB was a two point, was it two or two and a half? I can't even remember. It, UAB was a slight favorite. Now that has flipped since it opened. It is now currently sitting at South Florida is a three and a half point favorite in this ballgame. But Still a close spread, you know, kind of a toss up. Um, so very winnable game for UAB this Saturday and almost, you know, we kind of hinted in our instant reaction for Tulane. Like this is a must win game for UAB. Like if UAB drops this game and drops to one and five, like we could be, you know, scaring worst, worst case scenario down, down, down the line. Um, but, but a very winnable game. Now, South Florida, obviously very talented team. Coming in two and zero, first place in the conference. But guys, they, they've they've got a quarterback at South Florida, a freshman quarterback 
who I think we need to talk about first to start this offensive discussion for the South Florida Bulls, Byron Brown. He has thrown for over 1,200 yards just through five games. But not only that, he is a threat running the ball. Is he? And, and it's, inclu- it's, it's important to, to let our listeners know, in quarterback rushing stats, sacks are taken into account for the yards. But you look at his 89 carries, 330 yards, five TDs on the ground. He is the Bulls' leading rusher, their quarterback. And Jimmy, you know, we were kind of talking on the Patreon or right before we recorded. How many times has he been sacked? 23, Michael Jordan. He, is, <laughs> he has been sacked 23 times in five ball games. And he still has 330 yards rushing, hey, leading the Bulls. That 23 times is more than double any other QB in the American. And that's Ooh. actually third most sacks nationally. And if you guys think that Zeno's taken some hits, he's been sacked 11 times this season, seven of which I, began, I believe came in the Louisiana game. So uh, we know that Brown's going to scramble around. Uh, I'm not sure if you look at the distribution of those sacks. They did play Alabama, so I have to look to see just how many was against uh, the Tide. But 23 times regardless is a lot through five games. Yeah, no no doubt. And, Darian, you know, we were talking earlier, too. Like, what – when you pop on the South Florida film for Byron Brown, and I know in our text thread you you were impressed with him as well, but what what pops off to you about – you know, their quarterback and just seeing the way he plays. Kid is dynamic. Um, if you let him get out outside the pocket, he's dangerous. He's um he has some wheels on him. He's probably he's probably the one of the if not the fastest guy on that offense. You know, he if you let him he can make some moves. He's a good runner, but he's I'm impressed with his passing. Like he can sit in the pocket. He can sit in the pocket. And he can deliver strikes. He can he can he can throw it. He can throw it down the field. You know, um, I think we that's going to be the the focus point of of course of our de- uh, our defensive game plan is to contain him, and we're going to have to make him just beat us from the pocket, in which he's shown that he can do that against teams. But I think we have a lot more information on him. Like his main tar- target is Sean Atkins, the nifty slot receiver now um, i watched that game against rice that this guy kills slant routes he is he will spam a slant route because a lot of times teams are blitzing right you're gonna blitz you're gonna contain the guy I, that's what i would do that's why he has a lot of sacks because it's gonna be a gamble against this team you have to gamble and i and if i if they're gonna i'm gonna force them to be one way i'm gonna force them to throw the ball downfield um, and I'm going to take away that slant route. I would go cover one, and um, I would just send pressure on them, and not not only to just get to them, but just to contain them to to stifle that quarterback run. You don't. I feel like when you get into trying to play in between, like trying to, you know, probably help in the passing game, and that's when you fall into he'll gas you on the ground and through the air, because now you're you're playing back on your heels. I'd rather us play full speed and contain him and get a couple sacks, rattle him, maybe get some turnovers, force him. They will fumble the ball. Um, 
they're not that good of a rushing unit, even though they can run the ball with the running backs. But a lot of times if you're sending added pressure, you have more guys and more assignments. You can get to the you can get to the running back as well. You can stop them behind the line, get a TFL. So I'm looking forward to us in our game plan. I'm going to really be paying attention to how we're going to stop him running the ball. And on the outside, make sure it's going to be one-on-one. Make sure they don't get behind you. You know, on the inside, you know, Sean Atkins, they love to throw to the to that bubble. A lot of times you'll see us, we'll play, and it's always like a slot receiver that doesn't have a man over him um, or that's like 10 yards off of him. Well, guess what? They're going to throw right to that bubble every time. If you give it to them, they're going to take it, especially with Sean Atkins in the, in the slot. The guy is very, very good. He's a very good slot receiver, man. He can he – can, he make tough catches over the middle. He'll take, he can break the tackle, and he can take it to the house if you let him. You know, but you just got to be aware. I feel like their offense, even though it's very dynamic, is very simplified. Right? It's gonna be, I'm throwing to the bubble to Atkins. Oh, you're blitzing. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bomb over the top. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to run if you give it to us, but it's gonna be one of those things. Most most of the time, they have other receivers, they have tight ends, they will. Do that, but you have to take away what they want to do best. It's something New England, the New England Patriots would do a lot. They take away your your first option, your first and second option. So if we can do that, and we but we have to be sound. We have to be so sound. We have to if we play connected as a unit, our defense can show up. They can make an impact. We can force some turnovers, but we have to understand the game plan. We have to do it full speed. We, our eyes have to be disciplined and we can we can come out on top and we can we can contain him. They will hit some plays. Understand this. We're going to get some sacks. They're going to get some long balls. Mm-hmm. That's just how it go. Don't don't expect for every time that we're going to win, win those battles. No, they've proven that they're going to strike. They've done it against every other team. We just have to we just have to force the direction in which they do that. And. I feel like they struggle in the red zone. Once they get down in the red zone, you you, you don't have those bombs to go to. It's so the, – the field is short. So even if they strike and they go for 40 yards, if we get down to the red zone we take that away, I think we can force them into field goals. Hey, Darren, I'm so glad that you brought up the red zone because really that's one of the points of emphasis for me as we look at this ball game is which defense can bend but not break. USF is ranked near the bottom in all of FBS and red zone scoring percent percentage. They're actually ranked 121 out of 133. UAB is not far behind them at 93, but both teams are from a, on the offensive side of the ball and defensively too, let's be honest. But while we're talking about the offense are not uh, really uh, taking advantage of those red zone opportunities in the way that they want to. Uh, And as I look at the rest of this offense, you know, you talked about a few of the players, uh, wide receiver wise. You mentioned Atkins, the Wagner transfer. I was really impressed that it seems like Brown is kind of Atkins has been the most consistent. He's also, you know, a punt returner. He's involved in many different different facets of the game. But they've had a different wide receiver step up. I feel like in almost every game, so they've really spread it around. They've got three guys that are ranked uh, in the top fifteen in the American right now in uh, receiving yards. And uh, you know, when I look at the run game. You know, and then I want to toss back over to John is uh, a really big point of emphasis for me is South Florida right now. They're top five in the country in rush attempts per game at roughly 48 attempts per game. And that's about 68 percent 
or excuse me, 58% of their offensive snaps. And they're also top 15 in the country in rush yards per game at right at 203 rushing yards per game. And conversely, UAB's bottom five in the country in opponent yards, um, you know, per rush at 6.2 on average. And opponents are averaging nearly 220 yards a game in the ground. That's that's good enough for 124th in the country. So when you talk about that run D versus that run O for South Florida, that's going to be crucial uh, that we're able to at least slow that down some. Yeah, 100%, Jimmy. And, I mean, I know, you know, we, we talked earlier about how Byron Brown, their quarterback, is leading the way in rushing. But, hey, they've got a pretty good back. Uh, Naquan Wright, 70 carries so far, 287 yards, a little over four yards per carry. Um I mean, they love to hit you with the RPO. And I mean, with when you've got a running quarterback like Byron Brown, I mean, that you have to account for, like Darian mentioned earlier, like, I mean, that's taking an extra defender away. So if you, you know, spy on the quarterback, hey, they're going to gash you. And they seem to do that against Navy. I got to watch the Navy game. Rice, they did a pretty good job doing that. Um, now, Alabama, they did not. Um, but, I mean, this is just a balanced attack. Uh, offense you know they, they run the ball well and they throw the ball well but it's it kind of goes back to what Darian was saying earlier like you have to be aggressive you know on defense against this offense you cannot sit back and drop eight or they are going to pick you apart and eat you alive like what with the slant that Darian just mentioned are they going to hand it off to right and he'll gash you kind of what Tulane did you know late in the game um but I, I agree 100% with Darren. You have to run cover one press. You have to engage that. You've got to blitz some. You've got to rattle this young quarterback. And that's another thing that we need to kind of mention here is that this quarterback is young. He's a freshman. Byron Brown is a freshman. So UAB will need to hit him and hit him early to have a chance in this ballgame. Yeah, if you're if you're sending a blitz, confuse them. Send them. Send, I always send a blitz, but send a different blitz. You know, if you walk guys up to the line and – have the linebacker in the middle fake blitz, have the other ones go and have them sit back to take away that slant. You know what's coming. That's the thing. It's, a, it's enough information there that you know what's coming on the outside. You know, they don't do too many routes. They're going to be doing they're going to do fades. They're going to do goals and they're going to do deep posts. That's about it. You know, and they're going to they're going to hit you deep because a lot of people I, I primarily watch that rice game. Rice in the first half, they did a good job. They took away the, they took away that run game, you know, and they were they were physical. They played up. They they were connected. And then the difference being is I don't think Rice expected them for whatever reason to go deep as they did. They just started bombing on Rice, and Rice just was not prepared. I don't I don't I don't understand why they wasn't as prepared, you know, as they should have been. Um, like I saw a guy, I saw some plays where some guys just made some good plays, but it was other plays where guys acted surprised. Like it was kind of weird, but they just started bombing on Rice, and that's how they got big chunk chunk yards, and they got Rice on their heels. Um, so you can't take away that run option. Another thing is you can't get them behind the sticks. I think that's going to be important because this is a team that loves to go tempo. They go fast. They go really, really fast. They, I'm telling you, if they get any kind of, it can be one yard. If they get positive yards, they're going. So you make sure you keep the pressure up. You keep the aggressiveness up. Aggressiveness up. If they do make a play on you for 20 plus yards, get get up and do it again. Continue making them do it. Continue making them do it because 
when they do that, they're taking these shots. They have to hold the ball. And then all it takes is for a guy to get hit while he's throwing it, to fumble it, or throw an interception or errant pass to rattle him. So I think this is a game of gambles. But this have to this I imagine it in my head as a gamble with a hedge because you know what they want to do. That's I keep on stressing this. You know it's gonna be Atkins in the slot. You know he's gonna bam bam, he's either gonna hit you with a slant or a wheel route. That's what he's gonna do. You know on the outside, you know those guys wanna get behind you on a on a go route or a deep post. So if you have if you have that information, take it away. Make them do something differently. If you're sending, if you got a whole bunch of guys in the box and you're doing creative blitzes, know what gap you're supposed to hit. Go to that and go to it fast. I, a lot of times during a two-lane game, I saw us doing a lot of side-to-side movement. I'm like, what are we doing? Or I saw guys bust responsibilities, like they're going with the running back. Two two guys go with the running back. Now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Michael Pratt is going down the field running the ball. One player that I did appreciate. And I understand why he's playing now is Will Soros. He was the one guy that was pointing. He seemed really alert on where to go. And I know we talked about it. It was like, hmm, I wonder what how he worked himself on the field. Well, because he knows where to go. He he seems like he studied film. I need all of our guys to be connected, especially on run fits. Um, one thing we did poorly against, and we we finally did good against it late in the game, but our safeties, their run fits were horrible. Um, in the game against Tulane. Come down, know where you're supposed to go, gap integrity. I'm looking at other teams, and they're all connected. The run game isn't all on the front seven. You know, I felt like they played physical for the most part. They played they played pretty decently. It was a neutral battle against their offensive line. And our linebackers, uh, shout out to Jackson Brighton. A lot of times he came down and he blew up blockers. He came down with force, and he got, in, he got into the backfield. What I was most disappointed in is uh, our safeties and our DBs and their run fits. Like, we have guys, we force them to where you want them to go, and our safeties just wasn't there, or they took a very poor angle. And you go look at other teams, and it's totally different. So it's it's almost like our front seven is playing one game, and our back half is playing a whole other game. We need them to be all together to execute a game plan. If we can do that and limit this South Florida offensive, uh, their explosiveness, we take away that running, that quarterback run game. We have enough on offense. If our offensive line is sound, we have enough on offense to put up a lot of points on this team. They're decent. They're okay in the front seven. They're not like how Tulane was. I don't think their back half is any good at all. They have one safety that I like in Evans. He, he's played, he plays physical. He comes down. But other than that, we have wonderful skill guys, plenty of them that I think can eat against this team. Um, so if we play sound, force them into a couple punts, maybe get a couple turnovers here and there, make them march the field and make them score in the red zone. That's important because we can hold them. They're going to move the ball between the twenties. They will make them score, make them make difficult passes, take away Atkins in that slot. And I think we can win. Yeah, I think so as well. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Darian, about the red zone defense. Because let's face it, this is going to be a high-scoring game. And, and Jimmy, what was that over-under it right now that we're recording it? 67. Yeah, you might want to go over that. <laughs> um, but, but it's like, hey, what Darian just said, you know, make a couple stops, force them into some field goals when they hit the red zone, or maybe hopefully even the turnover. 
you know, I think UAB's leading the country currently in forcing fumbles. Um, so that that is something to watch for in this game, too. Um, but, but real quick, before we give our um, predictions, because I know we're at 25 minutes and we try to keep these previews under 30 minutes if we can. But I, I just wanted to just kind of talk about the experience that their quarterback, uh, Byram, had at Navy. I mean, this was a game at Navy that they fell fell down quick and it was 14-0 before they blinked Navy in, in that ball game. And Byram kept his composure. He ended up with his stats was 26 of 34, uh, three touchdowns, 338 yards. I mean, this guy and, and, and we're talking about blitzing him. Hey, Navy tried everything but the kitchen sink. You mm-hmm. know, they threw at him and he handled it. Now, I, I, I do think we have a better uh, D-line and def- defensive front than Navy does because Navy is pretty small, which, I mean, you can expect out of a, uh, a an, you know, out of an academy. But, I mean, yeah, we're just going to have to get to him and get to him early on and hit him and rattle him. And, you know, with him being a freshman, they're going to have to try to do that. No, no personal fouls, but just try to rattle him early on. But, Jimmy, do you have any other thoughts on this, uh, on the defense from South Florida? Because I, I know they brought in a lot of transfers, too, on the defensive side. Yeah, that's one of the impressive things is that they also, like UAB, has a first-year coach uh, in the press conference. Dilfer talked about the relationship with Golish and both offenses are going to get up and down, no doubt. Defensively, uh, you're certainly going to want to, you know, take advantage of them through the air. Not that you can't take advantage of them on the ground. We saw the improvements in the run game this past week. Defensively, you know, Navy had, what was it, 30 points, and Navy was only averaging about 17 or 18 points a game going in. Uh, right. South Florida's given up some big points in some other games, too. They held Bama to 17 and whatever the heck that game was. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it's certainly going to be a shootout. Um, I think a lot of points are going to get scored. Uh, I like what Darren said about our skill players being able to feast, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to that. And then one other note real quick is that I'm glad you brought over the statistics on turnovers, uh, specifically fumbles, John, because that's something I didn't realize. And I had to sit back when I saw the statistic that says uh, UAB is actually top five in the country in takeaways per game. That made me think for a second because we're talking on the uh, – immediate reaction against Tulane. And I even brought up the point where I was like, I'm not really sure that our, you know, starting DBs have really forced turnovers. They, they've been in position a few times, um, but it's been the fumbles. It's been special teams against Georgia running down the field, you know, forcing turnovers uh, twice against Tulane, punching the ball out and recovering. So, and uh, speaking of South Florida, they had three fumbles against Navy. So that's going to be something, John, you've referenced it a couple of times is going to be, real key is can you force the very electric and talented uh, quarterback, you know, on some of those carries to turn the ball over and give UAB even more favorable field position. Definitely. And and before we guys, before we jump into giving our predictions, I do just want to give a shout out to, you know, we need to do this more often, but the Bay area examiner uh, does a great job with a podcast covering South Florida um, sports. So definitely Blazer fans, check that out. Uh, the Bay Area Examiner. They do a great job. And they also have a Patreon, too. Um, so check check out their uh, podcast and see what they're saying about heading into the game with UAB South Florida. But, guys, it is prediction time. And I'll start us off. Oh, <laughs> I'll start uh, less than us. How, how uh, this game can go so many different ways. But last couple weeks, our listeners know it. I predicted UAB to lose in both games. But it's time, fellas. 
you saw the emotional press conference that Trent Dilfer had with the Children's Harbor. The players should be locked in and motivated for this game. Now, I don't know what the hell happened against Louisiana wearing those smile mile jerseys, but they were not locked <laughs> in. But I think they're going to be locked in wearing those uh, gray lime alternate uniforms this Saturday afternoon. Guys, I think UAB gets it done 31 to 28 over the South Florida Bulls. And Darian, I'm going to throw it to you next. So what was what was that? You said 34 to 28? Oh, no, 31 to 28. I'm going to go 45 to 41 UAB. Hey, and before I throw to Jimmy, what? That, that seemed low. Let me let me change that to 41 to 30 because I was just talking about it's going over, and I don't think 31 to 28 <laughs> gets it over. <laughs> so, yeah, 41 to 38. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jim, oh, well, Darren, you want to respond? Yeah, and I, I give, you know, I said 45 41. If our offensive line, you know, you said it's Children's Harbor, if we play with that consistent effort that I'm looking for, and that's what I'm looking that's that's all we need is consistent effort and know where we're supposed to go. If we can stifle them, because they're gonna do, they're gonna have probably kind of the same game plan against us. If we can play with effort, know where we're supposed to go, and go there intentional, um, their defensive front is not as talented as Tulane was. We went against the most talented defensive fronts we're gonna go against all year, and we proved that we can we can hold up, and we did not play to our standard still. Still, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally. So if we get our assignments right, it's scary what this offense could be. And I think this is a prime opportunity. We have enough information in the bank to say, guys, I need them to play with an edge. This game, the offensive line. And I hope they hear this. I hope they hear this because I want them to to know that I'm looking. We are, Blazer Nation is really looking at you. Our quarterback has proved themselves, our receivers Running backs, they have it. It's all up to our offensive line. If they do that, we can gash them every drive. But it's on it's on them. Guys, Jimmy? the emotions I'm going through right now and the roller coaster that I start trying to think about this prediction. I told the guys before the pod, I said, let me go last. And I think going last <laughs> even made the situation worse. <laughs> hey, and Jimmy's uh, never wrong with his predictions, too. No, I don't want to be right ever. Um, so as I was so before the show. What I had in my mind was, and first and foremost, I said on the last pod, I said, don't stop believing. I believe that we can win this game. No doubt. Uh, But going into the podcast, my truthful thought all day was a close uh, loss for UAB with a final score is actually the opposite of what John said. Uh, I had South Florida 41, UAB 38, and I sure as heck hope I'm wrong. Uh, But that is what my head has been saying all day my heart i was gonna flip it but then john picked the score so now i'm gonna go back to what my head said all day (laughs) oh man no jimmy i was gonna say you know that hat i wore to the ncat game yes i have not worn that hat since that game so by god this saturday you know what hat i'm gonna wear you better wear that damn hat. I might bring my <laughs> me. Me and John are going to be twinsies. I'm going to have to bring okay. out the same hat that we both own. Yes. <laughs> Good luck, Mojo. You got to. That's yeah. right. Hey, uh-huh. hey, sneak peek though. Do not pick the Blazers against UTSA because John's going to be at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be at the beach. Oh God. Season. So <laughs> hey, but it's a, hey. So that got that game got announced. It's a seven o'clock, so we should still be able to roll as normal. You know, with our recap and stuff, I'll be able to watch it. 
Um, but before we wrap this up, Jimmy, I think we're in a uh, baby watch season, aren't we? With hey, that's right. We may, we may not make it. I may not be at the game <laughs> because we may be having baby number two. Uh, Natalie, my wife is due in under a week and a half. She's due on Friday the 13th. Ooh. So coming up soon. Uh, H2, H2, yeah. let's go. Yeah, H2. I, we, got, we got H1, little Hatton, and uh, we got H2 on the way. So y'all, y'all be keeping uh, me and the fam and your and your thoughts and prayers, man. Everything go, everything go good. H2, def- H2, isn't that is that oxygen? H2O. Is that is H2O? What is H2? Boy, is H is hydrogen. hydrogen. H2 hydrogen. <laughs> Baby hydrogen. <laughs> Baby we are not chemists. <laughs> we, we are not chemists on this podcast. That's right. That, that's I can't even boil water. Darian cannot be a chemist. Yeah, that's the one thing that he cannot. <laughs> I, do. I knew it was close. I, I, I was about to say. I was like, no, you got to add the O on to it. I forgot you got to have it all together. But yeah, uh, baby hydrogen. Let's go H two, baby. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, all right, Jimmy. Go ahead and close us out. Hey, Jimmy's prediction better be wrong. Blazer Nation, just blaze. Get the dub. <laughs>